First, um, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me for this very unique and very inspiring uh, initiative. You know, um, I shouldn't expect anything less because I've come to know about both HCL and Srimati, the extent of strategic thinking and, uh, you know, unique perspective, planning way ahead and, and into places where most people don't venture. For somebody in public life like me, you know, um, one of the aspirations of a good society is not just equality of opportunity, but some fairness in outcome. There's a lot of debate these days about meritocracies. And as most of us know, uh, the world is not a level playing field from the day we're born to the opportunities we get, to the education we get. Uh, these are all highly skewed. Uh, there is no uh, natural equity. Of course, we're all born human, and that's in our culture, especially in the Tamil culture. But from day one almost, we are shaped by our circumstances, by limitations, by opportunities. And in fact, the hallmark of a good democracy, of a good society, of a humane uh, polity should be that everybody should get to realize the full value of their talents, of their potential. That is very easily said. It is very hard to do. In some countries, it's about racism. In some other countries, it's about belonging to a particular caste or a particular class. In some countries, it may be about gender. In some other countries, it may be about orientation. The reality is that there are very few societies that can claim anywhere near significant progress on this, what should be a universal goal that let every human being realize their maximum potential and achieve their greatest happiness. So I'm uh, a bit humbled by the amount of thought, the amount of uh, resources that has gone into this. Of course, as a leading company, I would expect that uh, it is in the nature of HCL and has been from the days of its founder to be thinking ahead and thinking differently and thinking more about inclusion. But even so, I would say this is a very uh, special and very exceptional uh, initiative. You know, those of us who work in the financial markets, or at least used to like me, we have very clear definitions of what we think is market efficiency. When there is allocation down to the last dollar on the last day between those who are looking to invest money and those who are seeking to use it. Unfortunately, the market for human talent and potential is very, very, very inefficient and very skewed and very splintered. And in fact, it's in the nature of society, particularly if you're in government, that those who are winners uh, at any point in time try to perpetuate their edge or perpetuate their uh, advantage or their unique position. And that's a facet of capitalism, it's a facet of democracy, uh, lobbying, 
and uh, positioning. So really it comes down to uh, enlightened corporates like HCL and NGOs and advocacy groups to kind of break through those constraints that the system intrinsically has and help lead us to a better place. And at least for me, my government, my chief minister, we are excited to do uh, as much as we can to work with, to support such initiatives. It is in our philosophy, in our culture, going back at least a hundred years, in our political culture and our, and our um, approach that inclusion, equality of opportunity, relatively high equality of outcomes, the achievement of potential, the outcome of social justice and equity is, is what we all came to public life for. So I don't want to say much more other than to say I'm again very impressed. This is clearly a very unique initiative. Um, I expected a lot and I am impressed beyond what I expected. So congratulations to all those who are working on this, who put it together. I know it must have taken a huge amount of planning and thinking. And uh, I look forward to seeing not just the first hundred, but a lot of good outcomes from this initiative. Thank you. So uh, let me just plant the first question. So uh, let me start with you, sir. Um, what is that three things that we need to do to bring equity? We. We is like us in the us, room who yeah. are looking for bringing a change to steer change. I think um, the first is to recognize that everybody is talented in different ways. Right? Is that this whole notion that in our rote learning system you have some kind of exam and some grade and based on this is how you determine who's going to what career and all that. I think it's a very close-minded way of looking at it. Going back to the 1910s, 20s, as Ambika was saying from my PhD days in, in psychology, the notion of talent or intelligence even or capability is multidimensional. Some people are, uh, you know, think visually, some people think numerically, some people are good at linguistic things, some people are good at logic things, some people can create music. So talent itself is a multifaceted thing and we do everybody a disservice if we start looking at either qualifications or, or uh, grades or anything or uh, school reports as the basis of um, any kind of ability. I think that's number one. Number two, as I say, uh, a compassionate society, an advanced society, a caring society is one where everybody gets to realize whatever their talents are. And not, you know, as I say, a wide range of talents. So I may be good at something completely different. For me to find the path to that is not a trivial uh, kind of exercise or, or a, a probability. Uh, it needs a lot of people putting a lot of thought into gauging, you know, what are, what are the different kinds of possibilities? Um, how should this individual be encouraged? What kinds of support mechanisms or what kinds of 
exposures. You know, again, we're all limited by what we see, right? So there, there may be opportunities out there that people just don't get to see. And I think that the age of technology is such that we can display a lot more things to a lot of people very uh, quickly and very cost-effectively, zero marginal cost with the, with the kind of internet access and so forth. And I think the third thing is that uh, we must remember that every path is a different path, right? Like there's no standard definition of success. Uh, at every different stage in your life, there are things you should do better. There are things you may have done less than great. But there's no kind of one ruler that measures all of us. And uh, to ourselves, our loved ones, our children, our friends, that mindset that every journey is a different journey and uh, the outcome is not about competing with others or, or measuring against some benchmark, but whether you have achieved your potential, your ability to live a happy and good life. I think those kinds of um, broader definitions of success, so we don't put people into a box and we don't kind of uh, start ranking and, and declaring winners and losers. I think these are the three things that we can broadly do, all of us, in the way we live every day, in the way we interact with other human beings, in the way we, um, you know, bring up our children. I think these are things that could help a lot. Thank you. My name is Aparna Karthikeyan, and I have a question for Minister PTR, sir. Um, as you know, um, in a state like Tamil Nadu, which is highly urbanized, and where we have very high aspirational levels, we tend to look at jobs as urban-centric and livelihoods as rural-centric. When we're talking about equity and creation of jobs and you know, breaking the digital divide, which is so stark, you know, even urban-rural, even in a state like Tamil Nadu, and there are gender you know, and caste, class, other kinds of barriers there. How do you, uh, you know, hope to fast track this? How do you hope to jump start on this? Sir? It's a very dangerous, very uh, complex question. I would say that compared to most states, uh, we have less of a problem. Still a huge problem, but we have less of a problem for two reasons. One, we are the most urbanized state in the country. So about 50% of our population lives in urban areas. Two, even the rural areas we have, because of our per capita income being high and the Gini coefficient being low, at least smartphone penetration is very high, even in rural areas. So there is definitely a digital divide. I mean, I can tell the difference between the speed of internet I get in Chennai, I get in Madurai, and I get in my village or in, my, uh, in, the, in the hills. But um, at least for the core things, we are relatively more equitable than, than many places. Having said that, the nature of livelihood itself, I think, is changing quite a lot. During COVID, we learned something. Um, and in fact, I had a long conversation with one of the biggest uh, tech companies in Australia, the CEO of a company called Atlassian. And he was of the opinion that offices are passe, right? Everybody can work from home permanently. And that you will be able to, therefore, he himself works uh, on a farm some few hours out of the nearest metro, metropolitan area. And he has like a satellite link because he needs the speed. But anyway, but maybe the, most of us can't afford that. But his view was that if you could bring people together on a regular basis, have a very disciplined kind of shared work culture online and through uh, regular events, that you could do permanent 
officeless work. That's the holy grail, right? If you could do that, then you can sit in some small village in Madurai district and do the same work you're doing on Wall Street uh, at the trading floor. In fact, I think we're a little bit further from that. In, in the sense, I don't think it's the, the, the pipeline. I don't even think it's the skill set. I think what is the hardest to do is, is what you can do here is the acculturization, is to bring everybody here, you train them in one or two years, like the tech bee that we had. She didn't just learn from the class, she learned from being on the campus, she learned from the colleagues, she learned from the environment. And you know, human nature is like that. I, I went to Wall Street at a very late age, and I didn't know half the words they were speaking there. But in, you know, I didn't know what they meant. But in like, you know, six months or a year, I got better and then like five years I was running a business. So I think this, this shared um, both culture and knowledge that is passed without you systematically thinking about it, these kinds of things are going to be location specific. I think here, here, this campus is a yeah. great example of that, right? You have whatever, 35, 40,000 people working out of one place. You create some... Uh, you know, gestalt out of this. There's something more than just the people being here. There's a culture here, there's an ecosystem here that leads to outcomes. That is very hard to recreate if I want to do it village by village, right? So I think some of this, we got to be very thoughtful about uh, where we get the advantages of kind of aggregation, how we overcome the disadvantage of disconnects, uh, the, the increasing sophistication of technology, of uh, AI, of uh, virtual reality, of, you know, robotics, of, of remote uh, functioning, all that stuff, I think uh, gives us a pathway. But right now we're just focused on skilling. We're just yeah. trying to move as many people up, whatever skill spectrum they choose, right? Whether it's mechanics or whether it's farm implement, farm machinery implementation or whether it's leather working or whatever it is. But that's the low level stuff. In, in, the, in, the, in the strategic thinking, this is the, the nature of collective work. That's the real nut to crack, right? Can you do it without being collectively in one place? I'm not sure there's a clear vision yet for that. Yeah. Look at the way the policies of the government have been drafted over the last two years. It's all caste-based and other stuff, right? So we have a demography of caste, uh, or census, what are the reserve, uh, reservation. I'm talking about reservation part. Never ever you've done based on what talent availability or mobility based on what people, what equity part. So is there a policy level intervention that the government is trying to frame? Not sure, it's two years, right? I would say that uh, reservation started 100 plus years ago. There, some form of reservation exists every state all over the country. The union government has reservations. Yes. So I don't think it's a two year policy. I don't think it's our government's policy. I right, think it's a, it's a continuous one. policy. Correct. You see, we have two different issues at work here, right? Or at play here. One is are you trying to match talent to uh, kind of um, best fit role. Of course, there's no uh, question of caste or community or gender. And we just uh, this kind of career mapping or career counseling or, 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 or adaptation should happen independent of all those things. Correct. And that I think we do. We're increasing. I started doing it in my constituency. 
back when I was in MLA in 2016, which is providing guidance not just to the students but to the parents. Because you see, what a lot of lot of people here must be first generation IT workers, particularly the tech bees, right? So they cannot get advice or insight from their parents, correct? Because we have made this dramatic shift. Uh, when I went to REC Trichy, what is then REC Trichy, where uh, our you know corporate vice president went. Uh, I think the state of Tamil Nadu produced 3,000 something engineers. Now it produces like 2 lakh or some, you know, it's, it's just gone through. So that, that's a different problem. The community thing is a historic thing, right? In the sense that people who were historically oppressed or historically retarded or historically not given opportunities for hundreds or maybe a couple thousand years, the government has some policy. All governments and all states, including the union, have some policy to try and redress that. Yep. Because it takes a while. I mean, the point that, that Nasheed said is a very valid point. We only can see or we only, we are shaped by what we see, what we know, who we know, who we meet. And so it is hugely important in every community to have a forerunner, an example, somebody who provides uh, the inspiration that I too can be. They came from my village, I also can be like that. Yes. It can be done. Correct. There is a barrier that has been broken. Somebody who can be consulted to show you how you go from here to there. It's not obvious, right? A lot of people kind in, of stuff. A lot, yeah. lot of people in my, in my urban constituency, the poorer sections, there was nobody to tell like a class topper out of the corporation high school what course she should do to best maximize her, her fit. And that's because of, you know, it's, it's economic now, but it is because probably she was the first time finishing school of anybody in her generation. So I think this lack of mentorship, lack of, of uh, forerunners, lack of coattails, lack of connectivity is a big barrier. Those are, whether you like it or not, those are community and caste-based. That is true. That's how the world was organized. It was hierarchical. So that we still have to account for. That's what this policy is for. It's not certainly a new policy for us for two years. Yep. Our policy in the two years has been what we call the non-Mudalvan scheme or the skilling and Correct. career counseling and adaptation. And we are sending, for example, we signed up with Germany. Now here's thinking out of the box. You know that Germany has a very dual, dual career track, right? They, they, and France and a lot of European countries, uh, Switzerland, where you go either the white collar work or you go the very high skilled factory and machine work. And you can get paid probably more to be a very high-end, um, you know, uh, automation controller at the BMW factory than you will getting paid as the Consul General of Germany to Chennai, right? So we have signed up with them to have programs, some of them as long as two years, in Coimbatore, in Chennai, where at the end of that you will have certification to go and get membership in the union and start working in the, in the auto factory shop floor over there. They, they don't have the, the birth rate, they don't have the talent, we have the people we need certified. We, we have same kind of program with Australia. Australia, yeah, I saw that. Where we're Two going days to back we're provide certification. Yeah. So, our job, I think, is to shape the talent we have into the economic opportunities that exist, at least as a start. The ultimate game is to, you know, be like in the US where you can uh, kind of find the niche of what you do that you're so uniquely skilled and good at 
I, I tell this example and I must tell it here, that I had a colleague of mine who was a trader, uh, classic, you know, uh, Coast Guard Academy graduate, NYU MBA, landed on the equity trading floor at one of the top investment banks, was a trader. Turned out he had a bipolar disorder. Didn't become evident till around the time of the financial crisis where a lot of stress and, uh, you know, he was constantly like leaving the house and going back to check that he had turned the stove off and all that became very problematic. Anyway, he ended up having to go get treatment, get diagnosed, get all this fixed. Now the guy is, uh, he's an author, he's published a couple of books. He is a financial newsletter publisher, makes, I don't know, a million, a couple million dollars selling his views on the market. But most of all, applied this kind of unique framework of mind to become like a tech, uh, techno music DJ and flies around the country getting paid to go and play techno music and like, you know, put all the pieces together and calls himself DJ Stochastic, right? So here's a guy whose such unique talent has found expression in an economy or a, or a kind of model that allows for that guy to live a good life, build big house and swimming pool and cars and, you know, lives in Myrtle Beach. So that's the ultimate goal is to find such niches where you can develop that unique talent to its fullest potential. We are quite far from that, but that's what advanced societies ought to do. Right?